Welcome to By Design with Lynn and Danette. We're so glad you're here. I'm Lynn. And I'm Danette. And we're just two girls who have the desire to encourage the people around us. And that's what you'll hear on our podcast and find on our website, bydesignpodcast.com. You can head over there and find links to all the things we talk about, encouragement for your homes and good inspiration picks. And you can follow us there and subscribe to our podcast. We have links. It's good stuff. We'll be chatting about our faith and our families and how we believe each of us are made by design. We'll also share our love for interior design and some of the design projects that we're working on. And we'll give some design tips for your homes as well. Time to time, we get to talk to some amazing authors. And Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like, I keep pinching myself. And I know I say that every week, but I can't believe it. I really can't. Today, we get to talk about um, the design of friendship. And that's with Lisa Jo Baker. Mm Mm-hmm. She is um, the manager, right? She's the head of like Encourage mm-hmm. um, with an I. Uh, and she's just such a gifted writer. And she's just a real woman who has a heart for mm-hmm. um, encouraging the women around her. And she does a great job of that. So she has a new book that just came out. It's called Never Unfriended. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, And we, I, we loved our conversation with her. She is this... It's one of my most favorite conversations, to be honest, because she's just so down to earth and real and easy, easy going. Yeah. yeah. And she gets, mm-hmm. she's quick to laugh and, you know, full of wisdom. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you guys all totally love our conversation with her. So make sure you um, order her book, yep. uh, Never Unfriended. We have all the links on the, on the website. So make sure we talk about a lot of things with her. So, <laughs> you all know, yeah. we're all over the place. So make sure you listen to the end and uh, you can go to our website for all the things we talk about with. Uh, the links to her books and the ways to get connected. So enjoy. Thank you so much for coming on our little podcast. We so appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. So Lisa Joe Baker, this is so fun. You are a busy woman right now. I I have been a little bit <laughs> busier than normal. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you have a new book that just came out. It's so good, girl. Oh, thank you. Have you had a chance to look at it? Oh, yes. 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 Oh, oh, that makes me so happy. And like write in it and underline yeah. things. Oh, yes. yay. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, the best compliment when a book's got lots of scribble marks. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I love that. And mm-hmm. it's just such a great message, especially for this culture. So can you just tell a little bit about, about this newest release you have? It's called oh, Never Unfriended. Yeah, it's called Never Unfriended. Well, to set the context, so um, I work as a um, as the community manager for an online website called Encourage, and we spell that with an I-N, mm-hmm. encourage.me. And so for the last seven years, I've basically had this really unique opportunity to get to participate in hundreds of conversations with women about friendship. Mm. And um how, you know, qu- quite an exceptional kind of point of view, right? To get to chat to women about friendship, what it means to them, you know, what they love about it, what's hard about it. And the two things that emerged were, number one, we all long for friendship, some kind of deeper relationship and connection with other women. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a given, right? Right. Right. But secondly... A lot of us, I think, bring some kind of baggage or scars into this friendship conversation. And sometimes Mm. they're really hard and difficult things that happen. And sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're kind of more in passing. But those two things can be intention. 
our desire for friendship, but also kind of our fear a little bit about what that means to enter into close friendships. And so the book was a chance to get to unpack that. What does that mean? You know, this thing that we're, that we really want, but that we're a little bit afraid of. So that's what Never Unfriended does. It asks, what are we afraid of when it comes to friendship? What can't we change? Because there's some things we can't actually fix and we're not supposed to. And then, you know, what can we change and where do we start? So that the book was my opportunity to dig into some of the questions I'd heard friends talking about and I was curious to spend more time with. Oh, well, it was so good. And I just love how it's just practical. Let's apply it. You know, let's not just talk right. about it, but let's like, let's here are some ways you can live it out, you know, and encourage you that way. That was my hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That totally translated. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I'm so good. And just finding Jesus in it too. Yeah. You know, like how right. it relates. Like, oh, that's beautiful. As Christian women, oh, you know, like right. how it's supposed right. to be. Right. Because it's kind of intimidating to write a book called Never Unfriended because it's a lot of pressure on the author then to be like <laughs> the perfect friend at all times. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, so I've thought about that a lot and I've prayed about it a lot and said, Lord, man, I don't know if I can live up to this book title. You know, oh. I, I want to, I have a heart to, and it was really beautiful. Actually, the day before it launched, I wrote a blog post that I really felt he had directed to me specifically. And the post was called, um, the God who would die before he would ever unfriend oh, you. Oh girl, I read it. It was awesome. Oh man. I cried through yes. writing the whole thing because I, I was I so certain he told me, yeah, he, was, he said, Joe, you can't cannot live up to that promise. You can want to and aspire to, but no human being can, like only a God can and did, you know, actually died before he would ever unfriend us. So yeah, it was, it was really meaningful to me that that is the heart of the heart of this Mm -hmm. book that, that at the end of the day, it's, it takes a God to live up to that kind of promise. Mm -hmm. You know, no human being who's had a bad Tuesday with difficult kids can ever like live up to, you know, loving you and friending you in all the ways that, that we need to be. Right. Yeah. Oh, and I love how, you know, like we have a God who will never unfriend us and it just takes the total freedom. It takes, it just makes you hopeful and gives you freedom that you can just keep your hands open and just keep walking in the promises of God. And because of that, then you will be a good friend if you're really chasing God, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And it feels like it helps us find our identity in the right place because I think a lot of our fears, like fear of missing out or being rejected or excluded or hurt, they come from us giving other women a lot more power Mm -hmm. over our identity than maybe they're supposed to have. And Mm -hmm. if my identity is in Christ and I know he died for me and he loves me and I I love that, like I can never be too needy for him, you know, like Mm -hmm. ever I can come to him with everything. Mm -hmm. When, when my identity is secure there, I I'm freed up, you know, not to have to experience FOMO and, you know, Oh my gosh. I love love those things. Okay. FOMO love. Can you like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. I love it. It's cracked me up. (laughs) <laughs> oh man like this whole fear, fear of, of missing, missing out oh you know? girl i laughed so hard because i was like i want to use that hashtag all the time now <laughs> <laughs> i know i know it's like how can i be 42 and still feel like a middle school girl on the inside you know, <laughs> I know. crazy <laughs> i loved it it was so good so you you are like no stranger to writing so when did you start writing I have. So this is my second book. I wrote a book three years ago called Surprised by Motherhood, um, which is my story. Mm -hmm. It's a memoir and it's my story Mm -hmm. of 
moving from a place where I thought I never wanted to be a mom to now having three very loud kids. But it also comes from me moving from South Africa to the States. And so it covers the arc of both of those journeys. Hmm. But I always say I'm something of an accidental writer. It's a a surprise to me that I I write books. I've always loved to write. I was an English major and then I went to law school. So I've always written. I know I have this whole other like secret identity. Look at you. you I was a lawyer in another life. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, So I've always written, but blogging really was discovering writing for myself. You know, Mm -hmm. like I was like, oh, you can just write what you want to on the internet. Oh my goodness. And um, for me, it was just an amazing uh, kind of a a me too experience to discover other moms who are experiencing how hard motherhood can can be and, and how exhausting and how it's wonderful and great, but it's also very, very challenging. So I started out blogging and I've, I've worked for Encourage, this website, for the last seven years and been able to steward and serve a community of writers there. I love and, it. Um, and so that led me into then being invited to write this, the first book, Surprised by Motherhood. And I always say that book for me is a story about how much I learned that God loves me personally. Like through my children and through motherhood, I really experienced understanding his love in a new way. I always say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for my children taught me so. Oh. Through my kids, he really showed me what how much he loves me. But, <laughs> but, but Never Unfriended is the book where I learned how much he loves other people, like mm. how deeply he loves women, and so much so that he would die to prove it. Mm-hmm. So it was a really beautiful experience to get to do both those. And I tell you, I wrote a lot of words last year because actually next month there's a Bible study that will be coming out <gasps> following on the tale of Never Unfriended. Oh, and Yeah, it's called We Saved You a Seat, and oh. it's really awesome. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, it's, yeah, that goes perfectly like, with the book. I love it. I used mm-hmm. up all my words last year. Oh, <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, how do you how do you balance all of this right now with all your kids? Because you've got three kids that are still young, right? They are. So there are eleven, nine, and six. But you know, they're all in school, so yeah, they're right. in school all long. And I, I've always worked full time. So my job with Encourage isn't a hobby or a volunteer. I, I work for them 40 hours a week. and oh. But the great part is I get to work from home and balance my kids in the midst of it. So just like any other mom that's trying to balance right. you know, different responsibilities, they know how it is. And sometimes you're kind of more focused on the work side and sometimes more focused on the family side. But I think without my kids and without this balance, I don't know if I'd be able to relate in quite the same way to to most women who are trying to figure it out. So I'm in the trenches with them trying to figure out new ways to make chicken and how to write a book. (laughs) That's so great. I, uh, I love your post. You're so hilarious because I I love your like raw honesty where like all us mamas can like be like (laughs) Mm -hmm. hold up our fingers as like Katniss Everdeen. Like (laughs) we're with you in solidarity. (laughs) Um, And it's just so refreshing to have a voice like that. You know, we need to hear that Mm -hmm. more often. And I just love the way because I have found this even in my own ministry here that, you know, when you are the first to go to somebody and not pretend that you have it all together, that's Mm -hmm. where you know, beautiful friendships and just relationships and Jesus can show up. Mm, It's such a gift, isn't it? We always call it the gift of going first. When someone's willing to admit like how they're actually doing, it's such a relief. Yeah. Oh, "Oh, I don't have to have it all together. Oh my goodness. How awesome. Absolutely. It's so great. So you have been, you have been in America for how long then? 
I know this is so crazy when I think about it. It's like over 20 years now. It's wow. insane. So I've, I've been here now longer than I lived there, but you know, a place shapes you. I will always be South African. My whole family mm. is there still. We're not a missionary family. We're South African. And That's awesome. um, so we went, we go back and forth. My firstborn Jackson was actually born in South Africa. So I brought him like a peace offering to Aww. my family from after being gone for so long. I was like, I will have my firstborn child. Ah, that's so, nice. <laughs> so yeah, he's so funny. He lived there like what a year and a half of his life, but he completely identifies as South African, much to the horror of his American family. I think <laughs> that's hilarious. So we're, I'm, yeah. Cana- I'm Canadian. My husband and I moved to the U S seven years ago and it's so funny. Our littlest guy was a year and a half when we moved here. And he's the most American out of all of us because he's been so shaped by it. But it's so right. funny. He is the proudest Canadian out of all five of us. He is the one that <laughs> exactly is like us. dying on that mountain for sure. There you go. That's me and Jackson. I know. Same, like a year and a half. But if anybody asks him, he's like, oh, I'm South African. And he's like, oh could God. you sound more American? <laughs> as <you say> that? <laughs> That's great. I love it. So, um, you're encourage. I I have been so blessed by encourage, and we have actually had some of the the events here in our church. We've I we hosted a one of the ones a couple of years ago. Oh, in real life! In real life, life. Yes. yes, that makes me so happy to hear. It was awesome, and it was kind of the first time I hosted like a big event. It was the first time I kind of stepped out and doing something different. And mm-hmm. golly, it was such a blessing hearing mm-hmm. from you know these other women that were just like us you know and i remember oh, that one wonderful it was all about telling stories like tell yeah, your story wasn't right. it yeah mm-hmm. right right and how your your story impacts other people's stories and you know uh, this is not 100 percent public yet but i'm gonna tell you guys anyway <gasps> we are bringing back in real life this, and it's gonna be actually a live event with a simulcast oh cool so live will be in Nashville, but then in other ways, it'll be exactly the same because you'll be able to tune in from home and watch it with friends if you want to or at your church. Um, but we're really excited to bring it back again after it's been on hiatus for the last few years. Oh, that's oh. so great. That's good news for all of us. Mm-hmm. I know. And it'll focus on all these themes from Never Unfriended. You know, oh. this idea of what does it mean to be a friend? What does it mean to give the gift of friendship? Mm-hmm. You know, what are practical ways to invest in our friendships? So yeah. we are really excited about mm-hmm. it. We might be there. We might be going to one. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll be hosting one for sure. Yeah. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. It's just been so freeing because like Danette and I have been like friends. We've found like this kindred spirit you know among us and it was actually through struggle right Right. but it kind of started at that time that encouraged conference was going on yeah yeah it's so cool yeah um i i i wanted to go back to your book and talk a little bit i back on the idea of friendship one of the things that you said in your book was that um sometimes we define friendship or we we do by what other people do to us but in the end Mm. it's what we do for others that define us as a friend and man that like blew my mind just that simple right. one simple I think that's in the intro and I was like, oh mm-hmm. man. I know. Isn't that the truth? Because I feel like we live in well, I don't just feel like the reality is we live in a what's in it for me culture. I mean, just stay up and watch the infomercials in the evening, you know, like mm-hmm. for nineteen ninety nine and free shipping, this will change your life forever. And I think we treat friendship that way. Like what's mm-hmm. in it for me? You know, you let oh, me yeah. down, you didn't meet these expectations, you know, have a little checklist, so then we're disappointed. But Jesus' entire life is an example of what's in it for 
you. Like he comes to meet us. He's the God who moved into the neighborhood, who washed our feet, who died mm-hmm. for us. And that flips the whole paradigm of friendship on its head. And, you know, the parable of the Good Samaritan is the exact example of that. They come and ask Jesus, who is my neighbor then? Mm-hmm. Expecting him to identify someone. And instead he shows them how to be a neighbor with the parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that was, it was so, when, when that hit me, like when I saw what he was doing, I was so challenged by what it meant to all of us in my mm-hmm. everyday, you know, that I need to stop expecting people to show up and meet my needs. Right. <laughs> what can I do to initiate meeting somebody else's mm-hmm. needs? Yeah. And even in friendships, like I know so many women and even myself where friendships have ended Um, you know, something bad happened and none of us can get past ourselves to go deeper and apologize and be humbled, you know, but like they say, well, you know, I, I don't get into very many friendships because, um, I've been hurt so many times or, you know, people, but like, but looking at it from the aspect of how can you be the good friend, you know, Mm. that's what friendship is. It's not what's been done to you, but how can you be that good friend in those situations? It's really getting past yourself. You know, it's crazy. Right. Hmm. right. And it's not, I mean, it's not a simple thing. It gets a simple no. concept, but right. it's not actually a simple thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. You said that in one part of the book here too, you were talking about, um, like, what can we do about it? And that part, um, like friendship isn't something we passively receive. Friendship is something we actively we do. actively do. Yes. It's yep. a gift we offer for free, not a demand we make with a stamping foot, which, mm. you know, in our culture of like right now, this is how I feel. And people just run on their feelings, not necessarily wisdom or mm-hmm. uh, it's just so it's what we do for others, you know, not mm-hmm. exactly what you guys are talking about. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And the whole kind, like there are, all, you know, we're all, some of us push friendship away and some of us are so needy that we need friends. We're maybe trying to fill up parts of ourselves with friendships instead of our Lord. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. when you end up getting hurt when you expect so much from other people and people are going to fail you, but you're, you're wanting their affirmation before mm-hmm. like not living under right. the, for the audience of one. Right. Right. I mean, one of your chapters, kind of, right. Where I talk about this whole idea of like, I'm trying, I'm so hungry and I can be such an approval addict, you know, like here, fill me up by validating me and saying how mm-hmm. awesome I am and scrolling the internet, looking for that. And it's, it's eating cotton candy when really I want, really I want you know baked potato soup and French bread, you know. And mm. Christ is like, I am the bread of life. Like, That's come right. to me, let me fill you up. And I'm like, no, give me sugar, you know, mm-hmm. give me my crack fix, addiction, healing. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And even though I know that, like, I can actually be online nowadays and tell myself, oh, it's happening. You're doing <laughs> yeah. it. I know. I'm still like, I'm still doing it though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrong with me right now. Right. <laughs> And I, I've went through periods where I'm like, okay, so I'm going to stay off Instagram or Facebook and I'm going to separate myself from that needy behavior. But yeah, I just stopping that behavior doesn't fix the heart. Yeah. Like I need to go right. to Jesus and, right, you know, the friendship and the fulfillment that you get from the Lord, that's mm-hmm. a whole, whole other level, like, you know. Well, right. I mean, I, I wish it was as simple as just removing social media from our phones, but right. I do not think it is. No, it predates that by a long <laughs> shot. <laughs> uh, um, I love the fact that, you know, I have never had such great friends that point me to truth, you know, to, to have friends mm-hmm. that are willing to say the uncomfortable things, mm-hmm. you know, like they see something in you and it's ugly 
and to say out of love for you, not because they're wanting to be better, look better than, you know, but that honest mm-hmm. friendship where it's like the, I see this in you and I'm, I don't want to see you get hurt and go down this road. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you have other right. friends that want to point you to truth and the yeah. things that last. I read something in the back of your book too. Um, I love that manifesto and... type thing with like the promise. Yeah. I love when you do that. Mm-hmm. The never unfriended promise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I want to like tattoo it on my mm-hmm. arm. We, get, we should all get matching tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's been interesting because I've had some women react that way and be really just love it. And then I've actually had others say it's it's almost hard to read because right. they're not sure that they have someone like that in their life. And I, I, I've said back to them, you know, the thing that's so beautiful is that even if you don't have a real person, like you can read that as if Christ is saying those words to you, that he that's really... Right loves us in that way. And I think sometimes we think of God as this big high up there, far away from me. You know, I have to use thee and thou when I talk to him. But the reality is, and he is a God that moved into the neighborhood to get to know us. And mm-hmm. moving is awkward and you have to have boxes and you come in and you have to get to know people and you're the stranger. And I mean, Jesus did all of those things. He actually did that. He took mm-hmm. on human form. He lived out all of what you know everyday life looks like in a community so that he could say he he did he came to be our friend and mm-hmm. and so that never unfriended promise in in my head i like to hear it from him too oh see i actually flipped when i started reading it i flipped the page before i was done to see if at the end you wrote like love god <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, you, I could totally me. no i could just see that it could be twofold yeah. you know which oh, i just good. love that and so you wrote glad. one, see, that was one of my first introductions to you, To You wrote um, something similar like that to moms, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, girl, I love that so much. I think I have sent it to my friends, I don't know how many times, and my <laughs> friends that have like littles that are in the trenches of like, yep. you know... I know those years are dark, man. Oh, I man. I feel like we have finally emerged, and it is so amazing. Like for any young moms listening, like you will get your life and your sleep back, and yes. it is so much better than you could even imagine. Peter and I passed one of those indoor mall play areas the other day. <laughs> All the parents are like slumped over and exhausted. <laughs> and, you know, they're eating. The parents are like eating the puff snack while yeah. their kids are playing, and he just looked at me and he was like. We we made it out. We survived. <laughs> it's so true. Kurt and I have done the same. Our youngest is eight. And okay. it's like freedom, baby. Mm-hmm. We are loving that. Oh my word. Poor it's little Danette. So she's amazing. she's in the throes of busy. I'm still, still there. I've still got one. He just turned three. And so I'm eating like the leftover crust on his plate as my lunch. <laughs> and you know, yeah. just yeah. I always tell her it gets so much better. Hang in there. Uh, it, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it does. And they're so fun to get to know as little kids, you know? Oh. I mean, like little humans now. Like it's mm-hmm. fascinating to me to talk to my nearly 12-year-old and his opinions and his thoughts about the world and what he lo- what music he loves. And we talk books. And I mean, I was like, wow. I keep telling him it's so weird we're having this conversation. Like a second ago, I was changing your diaper. I like, know. how are we having this conversation right now? It's so weird to me. It really is. It goes by. Those cliches are so true. It oh, does. they're so true. Because when you're in the midst, it does not feel that way. And no. you hate everybody that tells you, just love every moment. And you just well, want to like, punch them. do. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, wow. Really? I, don't... I haven't met any that love every moment. Maybe not every moment. But I, say, I do see some moms <laughs> that enjoyed it way more than I ever did. That's for sure. Yeah, I have a friend like that. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so, that's great. You know, we're all hands and feet here, but I was like, let's get you on this potty and you need to tie your shoes stat. (laughs) So so what would you say Mother's Day is coming up, you know, and as like daughters and friends and women, you know, and Christ followers, like what would be um, some advice or like your number one, you know, top three, whatever you would. <laughs> no pressure. Not number one. Not just, number one. We're yeah, top thank you. <laughs> um, what, what's something that you would just really love to like encourage women by? I, with- you know, I actually wrote a blog post a couple of years ago. I'm trying to remember the title of it. It was something like when Mother's Day doesn't live up to your expectations. Mm. I, I think we have all these expectations about Mother's Day and how we want it to be and how we want to be served and loved. And mm. and it can make the day very stressful because <laughs> what if they don't live up to those expectations? Yeah. And I have had many a Mother's Day when I'm very mad at my husband <clears throat> and I feel like he didn't love me enough or buy me the right flowers or whatever. And a few years ago, I just decided to to change how I looked at Mother's Day and instead to see it as an opportunity to serve other women who are mothers. Mm. Like, what would that look like? It immediately took the pressure off of, like, my own expectations. And so I've hosted in the past few Mother's Days, I've hosted my single mom friends or women in the church who aren't married but that are, like, mothers in the church, you know, to so many. And Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, just changing the expectation for the day has really made it something special for me. So mm. instead of just waiting to receive from my people, um, changing it as a way to serve now instead has has made it a much more meaningful day to me. Wow, how do you that flip right there? That that's that, beautiful. Yeah. Right, which is kind of the Jesus question, right? That's mm, kind yeah. of the heart of never unfriended, like, you know, not what's in it for me, but what's in it for you. And and I hey, listen, I like flowers and candy <laughs> as much as the next girl. Like <laughs> I like all that stuff. But I have enjoyed Mother's Day much more when I've gathered people in my home who wouldn't typically be invited somewhere for Mother's Day. Oh, I think that's so beautiful though. Remembering the forgotten, you know, mm-hmm. like the least of these. Yeah. That's exactly what so, Jesus said. And there's so many moms who serve in so many ways. Like there's military you know, wives who might not have a husband there to love on them. And there's yeah. grandmas and you know, spinster aunties. And there's so many women who can be celebrated on Mother's Day who will love it so much because it's such a surprise to them, you know, to be invited to a Mother's Day celebration. So that has that's definitely been some of my most favorite Mother's Days. That's mm-hmm. some great wisdom right there. I love it. So, um, maybe we'll, I, I did see on Instagram a couple of years ago, um, you have some great design cause you show your, your house a lot in, in your pictures hmm. when you bought your new house. It's just been so fun <laughs> watching you transform it. Uh, um, thank you. So you actually sold me on the Ikea cart. Oh, you have oh, really? The the one that we use for arts and craft that's sitting right next to me right now, overflowing oh, okay. at the seams. Yes, my kids, my daughter, that thing has changed her relationship with crafts because, <laughs> first of all, she crafts so much. Oh, my word. What is it about little girls and crafting? Yeah. But now I don't have to help her. She just gets out everything she wants and goes for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I... I saw it and you had the really pretty blue one, I think, right? Like the aqua. <laughs> the turquoise oh, one. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And so I was really excited. And then seeing that like a real woman use it and it was actually working <laughs> for them. So like that, I was like, okay, that sold me. So I went. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so thank you. But um, you have great style. So what is like some design love that you have um, that you can't pass up? Like I can't pass up beautiful dishes or flowers. Oh. And Danette loves 
ch- I like all the big stuff, chairs, <laughs> things I shouldn't collect. That and, she can, like, and she can DIY and I can't. So what are some design loves that you have? I Well, if you've seen pictures of my house, you know, it's that like aqua turquoise mm. color palette. Mm-hmm. I have a problem. Like anything I am like, oh, look at that chalkboard that has the beautiful aqua frame or look at these mm-hmm. chairs from Amazon. And Peter is always like, really, you're going to add more of this color. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this. I have been very bad at design over the years, like very bad. There were dark days of <laughs> our house, okay? We don't believe you, but okay. We have dark days. It's- I'm serious. There, I will never forget the stage. We were living in this rental house. of such a terrible house. Why did I even try? It was just a horrible <laughs> house. I should have just accepted how terrible it was that nothing could redeem it. But I went with my mother-in-law to Ikea one day to try to find like some kind of sheer, you know, curtains that I could hang up. And I couldn't take down the blinds because it's a rental house and I should have but anyway so I buy these red sheer curtains to try to jimmy rig onto the blinds that are so old and like plastic and and I have like this red blanket I drape over (laughs) oh that's awesome terrible and my husband comes home and looks at me and he goes honey I am sorry to tell you this, but <laughs> it looks like we live in an upscale brothel. Like, <laughs> upscale the brothel. is too much. It was a very small, little dingy house. And I mean, so I have made terrible, terrible design choices over the years. Oh, I'm not good at it. We've always been renters. We've never owned a home, so we couldn't really change things. This is the first house we've owned. And so it constantly surprises me. I didn't mess it up. And I'll tell you what, the best advice I ever got is my... My friend, I don't know if you're familiar with the Nestor. Oh, her blog. we know Michael. Yeah, yes. she's amazing. Love her so much. So I always text with her, and I'm like, Michael Lynn, like, you know, what should I do about this thing I'm trying to paint, or what should I do about this thing I'm trying to hang? And her best advice to me is always this: paint it till you love it, or I... hang till you love it, or move it till you love it. Like mm. she's just like, just keep changing it up till you love it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so it I takes just... the pressure off, though, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I have like this gorgeous gallery wall I adore in my house, but there are a billion nail holes in the wall. Okay, oh. and I'm I'm just okay with that. Like that, I that's how care. I live. There's nail holes all over the place, but oh, it's because yeah. I move things and it makes me yeah. happy. Mm-hmm. Right, and so you just move it till you're happy. Mm-hmm. Move it till you love it. So yeah, that she's always been my best source of advice. Yeah. Um, I inundate her with photos of like, look what I did here. Look what I bought there. Oh, <laughs> that's it. so she's great. Fun. Yeah, but yeah, see, so. I, we all need that friend, right? That we can just get, we need another set of eyes or just some mm-hmm. encouragement. Like you've, you're doing mm-hmm. the right thing. That looks great. Or, Hey, why don't you try this? You know? Yeah. If that's you, if it's your house, you're allowed, you know, if I like yep. aqua and I want to keep adding it, I'm allowed. It's my house. That's, so right. that's right, girl. Mm-hmm. Really freeing. Yeah. There's no like interior design police that are going to come in and, no. you know, say, Thank goodness. Thank food. goodness. I know. There are no <laughs> rules. Not really. There really aren't. Although, like, upscale brothel is definitely a look I'm trying to avoid in the future. Oh, my gosh. I, I have not ever heard upscale brothel as a... And, do you bad. know what, though? I can relate. I, I believe Kurt and I, our first little rental home, I think I had it looking like an upscale brothel <laughs> also because I hung colored Christmas lights in our bedroom. That's awesome. It's awful. I was like, you can't go wrong with Christmas. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) As a married woman, who does that? (laughs) That's so awesome. I love it. Oh, that's so funny. It's okay. Well, Jesus still loves me. We're going to be encouraging all of our people to read your book because 
I think we all need it. You know, when I was looking at looking at it, I was like, do I need this book? You know, I'm I'm doing pretty good. And then I read it and I'm marking it up. You say some things that I haven't I've never thought of just your take on it. It's it's so good. It really is. And um, one of my favorite parts of your book was at the end. And Lynn and I have had this conversation before where we need to, as friends, believe the best in each other. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get into a friendship and it's broken and you think that they're out to get you. But you just need to stop and just go with what you do know and believe the best in people. And that changes everything. Does, yeah. People it read does, this book. It's it? so good. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'll, the book is hard written. You know, I don't write it from a place of an expert at all. Like every chapter are lessons I learned the hard way because I did it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. it really has been what God has taught me about friendship. And I have been surprised, not pleasantly, by how radical... God is about how much he loves other people. Mm. You know, I've had days mm. where I felt like, well, I'm done. You know, like I tried, you know, I was gracious. I forgave. I gave the benefit of the doubt and I'm now I'm out. Mm-hmm. And the, right. the Holy Spirit is like, no, that is not how love works. <laughs> you know, there's no done when it comes to sacrificial love. There's just more. And that has been very upsetting mm. for me sometimes <laughs> to discover, you know, how radical Jesus is when it comes to how much he loves people. And I do recognize that, and I write about it in the book, that sometimes there are going to be relationships where they no longer bring us closer to Christ, which really is the goal of most relationships. Mm -hmm. They are breaking us. And in those places, then it might, you might need to actually have some separation. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned about Christ in those situations is he doesn't ever wash his hands of people. He keeps walking with them, you know, Mm -hmm. where I can't anymore, he does, which Mm is, he is the most radical model of friendship who is just never finished with people. It's been incredibly powerful for me to learn that he never considers himself done with Mm -hmm. anyone. And um, it's been challenging to me. Hmm. Oh my oh. goodness, I love I love that. Um, it's funny because walking with my like pre teenager boy, okay, he's only mm-hmm. thirteen, and mm-hmm. him like choosing friends. And there's some friends yeah. like we've had the head of that discussion with him too. Like these are great people, and you will love them, but they're like, are they your fun friends? Or are they going to help you follow Christ? Like, Oh, that's a great, are they your fun friends or are they something more? That's very, you know, like and that's okay. Yeah. You know, like, right. Cause we, I see that with him and some of these boys and, you know, and, Hmm. And it's it's hard for them because he's like, well, there's so much fun. I don't want to not like you can't spend all of your time with the fun friend, mm-hmm. you know, that's just constantly competing. And, you know, right. You know, right. How, do there- you, how do you like trying to help him figure that out? Like, is this yeah. going to be lasting for your good and God's glory mm-hmm. or not? Like that's right. Are and, there going to, are there fruits of the spirit in that friendship? And then what type of friend are you, you know, are you right. just that fun friend or are you going to help your friends, you know, walk closer to Jesus and help make those decisions when they come. But mm-hmm. I was not prepared for these conversations with boys. I know. It's so true, isn't it? My little 11-year-old has, we when we moved, he really hasn't made any deep friends since we moved. Oh, that's hard. He, I know. He has lots of friends, but yeah. he, as he told me the other day, Mom, I just haven't found my Ron or Hermione yet. Oh. <laughs> isn't that the cutest thing? That is really cute. Oh, that just makes you... I'm dying. I was like, oh, Jackson, I'm praying you find them, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, it? we all we all need our Ron or Hermione, yeah. and that's kind of 
kind of the point. It's we don't need a lot of no. friends. We need a few deep friends. Is is really where it's at. Mm-hmm. Mm, so much good wisdom from you, girl. Oh man. Well, it's fun to talk to people who've read the book because, you know, for months you just live in your own head as a writer and you have no idea if it's going to resonate or not. You're just like, this is so random. I'm just going to go there and be really honest and really vulnerable. And so it has been just really beautiful to hear from so many women who Mm -hmm. have said in many different ways, you know, it feels like you're inside my head and that's been really affirming. It makes me feel less crazy. No, we're right there with you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really good. And who I don't know, are there other books out there like this about friendship and like that you want to read? I, I don't know. know. This is it's so great. good. Well, that's on like our level that's real, yeah, you yes, know. I know. Not lofty yeah. notions yeah, it's that good I stuff. can't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good stuff, I'm sure. I don't but know. <laughs> but this is really, really I good. I know. I know the challenge as a writer is how can you show up and be the most honest as possible? Oh. You know, how can you let someone step right into your story and into your head? That's a calling without though. any distance. Look, yeah, that's a that's difficult. a calling. And you do that well, girl. You're running your race so well. So be encouraged. Thank you. Thank you for that. Gosh, that means a lot, you guys. I appreciate it. So we love it. So if you are listening and you want to know more about Lisa Joe Baker, you need to go and you need to get her book. Surprise My Motherhood is wonderful. I know a lot of um, my friends that did like groups together in their homes to like unpack mm. that, which was just so... I just love that when moms are doing that together. Um, and then get Never Unfriended wherever books are sold on Amazon. We will have all the links to the things that... Lisa Joe is talking about on our website, bydesignpodcast.com. So make sure you go there and we'll have links also to follow her on Instagram and Facebook and her blog and encourage and all that stuff. So you don't have to be frantically writing it all down. Um, Lisa Joe, you're just a gem. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I heard a little community.